everybody. Thanks again for, for tuning in. Uh, whether you're at home, maybe you've got toddlers on the floor and you're you're making breakfast this morning. Glad you're here. Obviously, thanks for everybody being out here in the in the parking lots today. You will never forget 2020. There's a lot of years in your life that they kind of just come and go, and you think back, what happened in 2009? And you struggle to think of what happened that year. But 2020, you will never, ever forget. And so here is some good news about 2020. It is half over, over half over. Can we just get an applause here? This is a good thing. It's a good thing. We're, we're over the hump. Christmas will be here hopefully sooner than we think. Hey, I've been in a series uh, really uh, oriented towards our parking lot service, and the series is called Beyond a Building. And what we're talking about is the nature of church and how it is way beyond an actual building. And so we talked about the idea for several weeks how the church is the body of Christ. Uh, We talked about the idea that the church is family. Uh, one week we even talked about how, how Scripture calls us to priesthoods. The church is priesthood. We talked about the bride of Christ. Last week we talked about the way. And so today I'm going to give you one more metaphor from Scripture. 1 Timothy 3, Paul writes this, Although I hope to come to you soon, I am writing you these instructions so that if I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves, and here's the metaphor, in God's household which is the church, God's household, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of of truth. Now, when scripture says household, we we might think nuclear family, mom, dad, two kids, white picket fence, one and a half dogs, but that is not what scripture means when scripture says household. The better image would, think about a plantation with about 30 people, some family, some non-family working to get that crop going in the plantation. That's, that's the idea of an ancient household. So you'd have one leader, but then you'd have probably multiple extended families living together. You'd have servants. You would probably have certain workers that would come from other villages to work for you on this plantation and then go home to their own homes at, at night. So this would be what a household is. And Paul said a household is kind of like a church. And so when Paul says, I'm writing you these instructions so that you'll know how to you know, uh, live out your, your identity as the household of God, when he says that word instructions, what he's referring to is actually what he just said the paragraph before. And what's interesting is that the paragraph before, Paul writes about elders. And so his point is that healthy systems have healthy leadership. If your household is going to be healthy household, you've got to have a healthy leader at the top. And if a church is going to be a healthy church, you've got to have healthy leadership. Here's what Paul writes about elders a few verses earlier. He says, the elder or the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, and not a lover of money. And so what I want to do for our message today is I I would actually like you in the parking lot, you at home, to hear from one of our shepherds. Uh, We have over 20 shepherds in our congregation. They're amazing men. If we had more time, I'd I'd let you hear from more of them. But one of our shepherds is named Scott Mueller. And Scott, I'm going to go ahead and ask you to make your way up to the stage. 
And I'm just going to sit down and have a dialogue with Scott for a few minutes. So why doesn't everybody give a round of applause for Mr. Scott Mueller? Let's set this up here. Scott, we brought an umbrella. I'm not sure if it's going to cover us today. We'll see if it works. Okay. All right, Scott, welcome. Everybody say hi, Scott. Hello. So let, let's start with this. Uh, how long have you been an elder? It's been uh, just over three years, almost three and a half years. Three years since being an elder. And can you tell us a little bit about why, why did you want to become an elder? Bill, that's a really good question. I guess I would, I would first state the obvious and say that most of you are wondering right now, where is Max Pope? Why isn't he up here talking to you instead of me, right? I'm guessing he's out of town and you've asked the other 23 elders. And that's say, right. You were actually they, my 12th yeah. Yes, that's yeah. right. So let's just get that out of the way. Um, it's a great question. Why did, I, why did I want to be an elder? And I think, I think you do have to want to be an elder uh, to be one. But um, I'll just say for myself, I... I have a father who was an elder for 30-plus years at a church in Oregon, my home congregation, and I watched him for all those years uh, as an elder, and and I watched him and his eldership battle through some really challenging issues, and um, I've always admired him, and I've admired his uh, soft-spoken wisdom and his his leadership, and I think watching him, it kind of gave an image to me of what uh, an elder looks like in my own household, but also what the responsibility of an elder can look like. And um, I would also say that my father-in-law, uh, Max Dobson, who many of you all know very well, served this church for many years. And similarly, I, I, I watched him and realized that it was much more than a want to. I think it's a, a responsibility, and I admired the way that he navigated his role as an elder for, for many years. Um, I watched both of them for, for a long time. And I, again, I do think you have to want to be an elder, but I think more than that, you have to, to desire to pursue God's will um, every day. And you have to have a love for his church, for his people. Um, you have to have a desire for unity and harmony. And I think selfishness, selflessness, and humility, all of those things are things that I observed through them. And I think that created a, a, an image or a path maybe to maybe someday, if, if asked, uh, to, to accept that role. You know, well, that, that, let me pause there. Yeah. That, to me, that's helpful because there's a lot of areas in life where we think, oh, well, I want to become an architect. I want to become an engineer. I want, you know, a, a vocation. And we think, well, there's just a simple, clear path. I get my degree and I go look for a job. But, but you're saying that the, the position of elder is actually quite a bit more complex. It's not just a linear, oh, I want this and then it happens. There, there's a lot that has to go on uh, for that to, to take place. Yeah, absolutely, Phil. I think that, uh, you know, I never set forth and said, this is what I need to do to be an elder. I, I don't think that's, that's the way it works. I think that a desire to serve the church and serve God's people and always be willing to volunteer, occasionally be willing to say no. But um, that's, that's really, I think, the, the path forward. And, and um, if, if you're seen as somebody who, who ought to serve in that capacity, then I think it's something that, that ought to be seen more as a responsibility than just a get to or mm-hmm. want to. 
So what would you say, now you, you've done this several years now, what has God taught you about this experience or through this experience? Well, he's taught me so many things, I actually wrote down a few, if, if that's okay. Great, he's, um, let's hear I, him. And I, w- I would also change the, the tense from taught to, to teaching because, okay. because I have a lot left to learn. Uh, one thing he's taught me is the importance of a, of a supportive wife and family. I think the role of an elder sometimes requires you to drop everything and to have a conversation, whether it be on the phone or whether it be uh, in person. And you have to have a family that's willing to support that that's, that's part of it. Uh, the second thing I would say is he has also taught me, and this is a really hard one, he's teaching me, I should say, that I'm not in control. And I think that God gives us all the capacity to, to do great things uh, with our lives. And yet I also think that nothing we do on our own can be done better, and that's better in a spiritual sense, better in God's eyes, than if we totally give our will to God. And that is something I'm learning. It's really hard to do with consistency, um, but it's something I'm trying to do every day because I think that's something that he's teaching me right now. Hmm. Another thing, Phil, I think that he's teaching me is, is how to love other people. So what I mean by that is, is how to have a love for our class, the REACH class, for example. We have an amazing class of young families, of young, of young couples. And I do believe they're a big part of the future of this church, and they're amazing people. But he's teaching me how to love them um, and how to serve them. First uh, Peter suggests that we ought to watch over the flock, the church, willingly and not grudgingly. And so he's showing me how I might do that, and that's something that I'm still trying to learn um, each and every day. So let, let me, I want to hop in here and ask you something. So some of you know this, some of you don't know this. Our, our church family is organized by, we have 20, 20 or 21 adult Bible classes, and pre-COVID, we were, one of our, uh, one number that we love to talk about is 90% of the people that attend our church family, also attend one of these Bible classes, and each Bible class has a shepherd, and that's, that's how most of our shepherding takes place. And I, I've observed over the last two to three years, you, you and your wife, Terry, really have a healthy relationship with that REACH Bible class. So my, my question would be, you're, you're, professionally, you're an executive at a, at a bank, and you know, that, that's a lot of pressure, a lot of time. You also have this Bible class full of wonderful 20-somethings, and you seem to have really built a good relationship and good rapport with those young people. H- how have you done that? How have you managed to really get to know these young people while also not sacrificing your, your job? Like, how do you do all that? Well, it, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's challenging. Um, I, think, I think one thing I have had to do is reprioritize my life uh, just a bit. Um, I, I think it's, it's something that uh, has been a challenge to me. Maybe one of the bigger challenges and, and one of the bigger things he's teaching me is how to, how to do that, how to reprioritize my life. And I'll, I'll just say that, that I had a moment um, in, in an elders meeting just a, just a couple of years ago, and, and it's one of the things that I struggled with as, as a, you know, becoming an elder was, boy, they have to attend all these meetings, and these meetings are long, and, and occasionally these meetings occur during my favorite sports team's mm. games which, uh, if you know me at all, that's, that's not just a, a small thing. 
And I was looking around the room, and uh, it was a per particular night when uh, the Thunder were playing a really important basketball game. And I thought, how, how could all these men be so focused on the discussion during this game? And so I kept my phone in my pocket, and I was focusing on the discussion. And then I looked over to one of our more senior elders, and his phone was out, and he was following the game. Wow. That's a big deal. Man. And I thought to myself, well, if he can, if he can do this, if he can balance this prioritization thing, then maybe, maybe I can too. So that's part of, that's part of the, the, the fun of the challenge is, is you're just reprioritizing re everything that, that, you, that you once had. So did you just give the whole church permission to scroll on social media and check sports scores during my preaching? No, I, I think it was that elder who may have done oh. it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. So there's a lot of balancing that has to happen. Right. But one of the things I hear you saying is you don't, being an elder doesn't mean you have to totally sacrifice the rest of your life. You, you still have a life and hobbies and interests, and it's not like you have to give all that up. You're still you. You, you just have a little more responsibility with, with, with the church and these people. Yeah, I, I think that's right. I think um, this is something that I, that I struggle with every day. I think all of our elders have, have, have done that. And I, I've been the beneficiary of jumping into an eldership that, that was... Um, I think very mature in their wisdom and in their, their path as elders in many ways. And so I've gotten to learn from them and learn how to do it. And I have a lot more to learn. But, uh, you know, I think, I think that's part of it is realizing that, that uh, the priorities that I once had needed, needed to shift. I still, my family is still the most important thing to me. And so making sure that I'm present for them, but also making sure that I'm present uh, as needs arise with the church. Hmm. Now, I interrupted you. Did, did you have anything else to say about that question of what, what is God teaching you or what has God taught you? Oh, that, I think that's, I think you probably covered it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. All right. Well, let me ask you this then. We're in the unprecedented season. 2020, like I said, is just, we'll never forget this year. Uh, so, so many difficulties across our world, across our nation. What words of encouragement do you have to offer our church family? Well, that's a, that's a hard that's a hard question. There's so many things that could be said here. And so I guess first I want to remind everyone how much our eldership loves this church. Um, we, we pray for you by name. Uh, we care deeply for your physical and mental and spiritual and financial health. Um, we will continue to strive to be a church that is a light in our community. And we will continue to, to ask for God's will to be done in, in every decision and every challenge that we face. Um, I think that's first. I think second, that it's, it's clear, as, as Phil, as you just said, it's clear to all of us that we are living in an extremely challenging time. And we are actively seeking God's will day by day on how to handle these times. And I think that, uh, you know, this, this pandemic that we're experiencing is, is certainly creating its own set of challenges. I I also think that there are some very important events right now in our country that we want to, to be relevant for and, and to be leaders within. And so I think those are a couple of things that I wanted to mention. I guess one more thing is that all of these challenges, we believe firmly that the answers do exist in God's word. And so we can go there and we can see how we are to act toward our fellow uh, citizen and, and, our, and our brother and sister in Christ, the answers really are there. Um, how should we 
seek God's will to, to handle really difficult things. The answers are in, are in the Bible. And so I think those are, those are three things that I would say that, that um, we're actively trying to do, and I'm privileged to be a part of a group that is, that is doing that and kind of modeling that for, for myself as well on a day-by-day basis. Mm-hmm. Well, and one thing I'd want to emphasize is that for week to week, you, you obviously get Scott's up here leading worship. You, you're hearing preaching from me every week, and I hope that you as a congregation know how much we as, as staff care about this place and care about you as people, but, but I'm re- really glad that you pointed out, Scott, that to a man, these, the shepherds love, they love the church. They love this group of people, and so I hope you hear that. And, and one thing I, I want to say is that I, I do think one of the things that's important for uh, us as just church members is to realize that we have we have shepherds to go to. You, I don't even know if you remember this, Scott, but I think in your first year of, that, of being an elder, we went to lunch one day, and I was just, I was having a hard season. Like, there was, I was struggling. There was some self-doubt. I just, just wasn't in a great place, and uh, we went to uh, Saturn Grill, and you, you said something to me over that lunch that was so helpful and so hopeful, and, and it really just kind of uh, put a lot of confidence and courage in my heart uh, just as a member, not even as, as the preacher. And so I, I want you all to know that, that you have shepherds, and especially in this season where a lot of us are struggling more than we'd like to admit, it's a great, it's a great resource here that you can call up a shepherd and say, hey, can we, can we get together? Can we talk on the phone? Can we Zoom? They, these guys are available, and they, and they, want, they won't want to be there for, for you all. So I know Scott's saying these things, but and I think you'd say this, he he is, every elder would agree that they want to be with the people, they, they want to know what the needs are. So please know that our, our shepherds are uh, available to you. Uh, Scott, as we wrap up here, anything else that, anything else you'd wanted to say or concluding thoughts? Yeah, I, I think that one thing I want to say is that our ministers, our ministry team is doing some incredible work right now. And our, all of us, all of us as members, um, as elders, are really and truly blessed by their energy, uh, their creativity, uh, the talent that they have, especially during this time. Um, I think they are leading in ways that benefit this church family. And as we've heard, uh, many others around this country and in the world are, are benefiting from, from your all's leadership. I'm grateful for everything that they are doing, and I'm, imper- I'm personally encouraged uh, by them as well. I'm not going to name all the minister ministries, but uh, just about every one of them, you go down the list, every one of them is working harder and more creatively than they've ever had to do. And uh, I think it's incredibly uh, awesome. It's a, it's a great blessing. And let's continue to encourage all of them and pray for them on a, on a regular basis as well. Amen. Thanks for saying that. Hey, let's give it up for uh, Scott Mueller. Thank you. Hey, as we wrap up, we're about to sing a song, and uh, I do want you to know that ministers are available, elders are available, and if there are things you need, you're welcome to get a hold of us. That could be on site. You come talk to one of us after service ends, or you're welcome to contact us during the week uh, as well. And, and just so you know, we have in the last several weeks have, have had several uh, people get, uh, get baptized, and so that is something we're still doing, and if you're interested in that, just let one of us know. But I'm going to get off the stage here, and we're going to sing a few more songs, or maybe one, we got one more song, and then we'll be, we'll be done. I'll, I'll, I'll let Scott take over from here. <laughs>